0: You're listening to the Husker Cuzcast Sports Show. Now here's Justin Fielder, Derek Stafford, and Tyler Schaefer.
1: Hello, and welcome to the Husker Cuzcast Sports Show. Justin here, along with the cousins, Derek and Tyler. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Husker Cuzcast for all podcast updates and more, or follow us on X, whatever it is, Until we figure that out. Uh, We've got a good show up uh, prepared tonight. We're going to be talking the Big Ten East. Uh, We're going to be giving a preview of those teams, talk about some over-unders, and then we're going to offer our projections. And uh, until we get there, we're going to talk some Nebraska football because last week, Derek, BTN, they were at the practice, uh, Nebraska's practice. They began their road show. Nebraska was the first stop. What did you think of this?
2: Uh, you know, it seemed like the same thing they always have to say about Nebraska, but I, they just changed the names and say the same exact words. It seems like practice is looking really good. It's, it's the best practice we've seen so far in the first stop we've had. You know, I, I don't know. It, I, I took a lot of, uh, liking to the fact they were talking about how good the offense and defensive lines looked, uh, not sure if i'm ready to buy into it yet but it was nice to hear that they were fine that found them better
1: yeah you know i enjoyed it you're kind of right I, maybe it's losing its little luster a little bit uh i used to really look forward to these uh the road tour cuz you could get to see a little bit of practice you get to see the players seems like they just show the same clips over and over a little bit which uh, was kind of got a little bit annoying but uh it was it was good overall. I enjoyed it. One of the things that they were talking about though, uh and Jerry DiNardo he, he is good. I like him. I know a lot of people kind of uh rag on him a little bit, but I enjoy his uh input and his insight. But he mentioned a couple of times that there were some struggles in the passing game. Now they didn't show any video evidence of the struggles in the passing game, but uh, I just thought that was interesting. Tyler, what would you make of the struggles in the passing game?
0: Well, you know, it's one of those things where you, you never know. Is is it just a moment or good, bad, or ugly? You never know really what to make of practice highlights. Uh, in the NFL, Dak Prescott was shown throwing two interceptions in practice. So what what do you make of that? Uh, what I always use these comments for is confirmation, confirmation. Uh, uh, bias confirmation where if i think something's gonna happen and then the media comes there and says yeah uh yeah that's gonna happen i'm like yeah they're 100 percent right and that's where my stance has been on this passing game for about four months i think our wide receivers are the weakest we've had for a while i think jeff sims is probably the weakest quarterback we've had in a decade i i just i don't buy our passing game i do not buy our passing game if it's a stock i am selling all of it so yeah I mean i I think we're code red in panic mode for our passing game heading in 2023. Wow.
1: so f- the listeners that are listening, there's no hype in this <laughs>
0: there's no hype no, coming from Tyler and then, <laughs> and wow. again, it's not saying that I think Jeff Sims is bad, and it doesn't mean I think that our wide receivers, we don't have talent there because we've talked we, we do have a couple guys. I just I think overall, we've been much better than we are today.
1: All right, well, I want to talk about Jeff Sims a little bit more because they had a graphic on the uh, BTN uh, roadshow there at Nebraska where you know it had Jeff Sims stats, and the thing that stood out was 31 career turnovers, which leads all active uh, college football players. He's led the nation of all active in turnovers with 31. That is crazy for a career. Derek. Uh, what do you make of that and uh, how alarming is that
2: well it's very alarming uh, and it is something that uh, Tyler and I have both brought up on Sims is his turnover now I did not know he was the leading college football player in turnovers I, I didn't realize that. I knew they were pretty high but I didn't realize he was the active the active leader uh, it's it's very alarming
1: how is it that Nebraska always well they either produce the most, uh, the quarterback with the most turnovers, or they draw, you know, attract yeah, I, the uh, quarterbacks with the most turnovers. That was. That was pretty it, it, does,
2: it doesn't seem like a uh, recipe for success when you're bringing over a turnover machine to try and not turn a ball over, I guess. Tanner, your thoughts?
0: No, I mean, it, again, I. I'm not going to sit here and lie, guys. I didn't watch a lot of Georgia Tech football. I think anyone who says they did is full of shit. No one in the country watches Georgia Tech. Uh, so I can't say it was he throwing. Did balls get tipped? How did this happen? Well, what I can say is I think, you know, Derek had a great point where, you know, the coaches have pre- preached ball protection and to this is the guy that they've chosen. I, I'm hoping they've seen something in practice that kind of points to the fact that whatever the cause was in Georgia Tech, uh, he's over it. Because that, that's what we cannot have in 2023. I can handle a subpar passing game, but we can't be turning the ball over because I don't think we have an offense designed to catch up. I, I think we're built to get, get a lead, play with the lead, and – really wear teams down with a rushing attack. I, I just don't see us being able to catch up if we're behind.
2: All right. Well, I, I guess the other alarming part of it really is you watch the spring game. And I, I know it was more fumbles than it was interceptions in that spring game, but you've seen all the turnovers in the spring game, and now you're hearing about Jeff Sims' turnovers and leading the nation and that. It's like, man, how, how is that not alarming? How is that not a concern? So I
1: will tell you why – it's not as much of a concern for me. And this is why in 2020, his freshman year through 10 games, he had 13 interceptions in his second freshman year because of COVID through eight games. He had seven interceptions and last year in 2022 through seven games, he had three interceptions. So the interceptions are coming down. If you want to do it by a per game basis, they are dropping a little bit now. What I don't know because the, the, the stat the is really hard is to so find is the fumbles. But
2: the, the problem is, so do the touchdowns.
1: Yeah, true. I mean, but the the I don't know the ratio is fine. Thirteen and thirteen uh, his freshman year, twelve to seven, and then five to three. Uh, he was injured last year. It doesn't sound great. I don't know where the fumbles but came. He, but eight how fumbles many games, over three how many years was
2: he in seven? Yeah. And he only threw five touchdowns? I mean that again, a little concerning. Okay. But Well
0: and and, and Justin, that I, to, to your positive take there, if three interceptions through seven games, you I mean, you you annualize that, that that's six interceptions for a season. I mean that I, I take that all day. I mean Oh, absolutely. So I don't know if ten touchdowns would be the No, no, that's not really gonna help us win too many games, but I'll take this. I'll take this. But but yes,
2: if he's not turning the ball over, that's great. Especially if this running back, the running back could be as good as we're all hoping they can be and stay healthy long. And
0: and, and again, we know he's a runner. Like he is not, that's not, I mean, his strength is running the football is what we're all expecting from him in 2023. Uh, But
2: doesn't that still strike you guys as odd that we're going after this complete running quarterback this year? And it seems like the recruits we're going after are definitely more pass
1: well, I, mean, I think we, we I mean, might be building towards that, but as far as uh, just a band aid to get on, I mean, there's not a lot of scholarship wide receivers that are here yet. And Matt Rule, he spoke twice. He spoke on Saturday and he talked about, spoke on Tuesday. And he talks about the learning curve that freshmen have when they get here because the playbook. They have to love learning. They have to lear- know how to learn. Right is what he said, and you know just understanding the f- playbook and getting to that playing level. They can work hard. They can be all the gifted, but if you don't know the plays, it's hard to get on the field. So it's going to take some time to develop some of those young guys until they get comfortable with the uh, the playbook. But uh, can, speaking
0: up, wait go ahead. before we get this, can I? So Jeff Sims, we're you know we're. Two or three weeks from the season, I, th- I think it's fair to ask this question at this point to you guys. So I've already kind of said where I think he stacks up in the last decade for quarterbacks, but for what Husker quarterback do you expect him to look like? Like if you were to say, like that in my head when I picture him playing, I think he'll look like what former Husker quarterback,
2: Tommy Armstrong. That was where I was leading. Tommy turnover.
0: So I was thinking Jamal Lord. <laughs> oh, yeah. He, he's a little bit bigger than, I think, Tommy. Tommy was a little bit smaller. I think Sims is, I think, mean, what does he say, 230? I mean, I feel like he's a bigger guy. Uh, I will say if
1: he runs as well as Jamal Lord did, then we are going to be in really good shape. I
0: I, I mean, heck, if he, if he plays, I mean, I know you guys, Derek in particular, is always rougher on Tommy Armstrong than... I was. I think Tommy Armstrong was a. Obviously, he won a lot of games as a Husker, put up a lot of numbers. If, if he if he was Tommy Armstrong, I'd be thrilled. I. I he I I expect him to be a better runner than Tommy was, and Tommy was a good runner, but, like I think like he'll be just really? a hair I'm better than. Him. I, I, I I I was fine with
2: Tommy Armstrong's running. I, he did well there. Where I'm hoping he's a little bit better as passing it really doesn't sound yeah. like he is. So
0: I, so I expect him to be worse at passing than Tommy and better at running. And not substantially better, but that's that's how I, if, if you don't go to him, but I think Jamal Lord, and that, I think that's Jamal Lord. I think Jamal Lord was a dynamic runner. Guy was a, not a great passer.
1: So Tommy Armstrong uh, looks like, I don't know, I'm just kind of ballparking this, averaged about uh, roughly 10 rushes per game. While he was here, a little less in 2015, but
0: I don't think he'll run as much as Jamal Lord. Just to clarify, I, I okay, I, yeah, okay. I, I don't expect him to, the 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 style of the offense. But I think the athletic ability, I that that's the guy that came to mind. What I what I expect him, that's who I'm visualizing.
1: And then for reference, uh, this is where Derek gets the Tommy turnover. I just want to go over the interceptions per game per year because he was a four year starter, right? So in 2013, Tommy Armstrong threw nine games through eight interceptions. Sophomore year, 13 games through 12 interceptions. His junior year, 12 games, 16 interceptions. And then his final year, 11 games, eight interceptions. Not great, Bob. Not great. (laughs) So, yeah.
2: It's a little unfortunate, too, because in the middle of his career, he ended up having Mike Riley come in, and, and this isn't a stab at Mike Riley. It's just he wasn't a great fit for that offense, and they they let him throw the ball probably a little too much.
1: He threw four hundred times in Mike Riley's first year. Four hundred times. Wow.
2: And that's not what he was ever meant to do. I mean, it wasn't. It wasn't fair to him to even have to do that. No, no, it wasn't. But so. Anyway
1: expectations for Jeff Sims Tyler we know where you stand what are your expectations for Jeff Sims this year Derek
2: right right now I'm just hoping he can stay healthy like that's my biggest concern with him that and just lead the team like, I run the ball well maybe surprise me a little bit in the passing game my expectations are fairly low for you but I i it's not going to take a lot to exceed my expectations. Oh well, that's good.
1: Yeah, I think he's going to be fine. I think he's going to be perfect, perfectly fine as long as he stays healthy.
2: I mean, the media sure loves him. I and mean, They talk glowingly oh, about, oh yeah, about he's how much great. better weapons he has here at Georgia Tech, or has here than he had at Georgia Tech. Uh, I mean, we'll see. Yeah, Tyler, he's, don't he's think great he has in interviews. I, I like, so. I like him. So, I'm, I'm rooting for that dude. Uh I want to jump oh, in. I'm, I'm rooting for him. I'm hoping hell, I'm hoping he's Taylor Martinez esque.
1: So uh let's touch on some injuries. We talked about a little, some injuries last week. Uh some more injuries are piling up here. Maverick Noonan is out for the year uh with a knee injury, which is not an ACL, which is good. But you know, when we're I think we talked last week about the defensive line a little bit. And uh, expecting, you know, maybe Maverick Noonan could be a contributor. He will not. Uh, We also found out that. He was
2: playing at Jack Linebacker, wasn't he? With Sherman and Jamari Butler and oh, Oh, Chief Borders.
1: Yeah, there you go. Uh, Marcus Washington, he's banged up. He had his uh, uh, brace off his hand removed and he got banged up. Xavier Betts is hurt, I guess. <laughs> and uh, But what's interesting... They both,
2: they both sounded pretty minor, though. Yeah, I they mean, did. You yeah. don't want to miss in practice, I get it, but at least they sound minor.
1: But what it does is, and uh, this gives younger guys opportunities, and Matt Rule kind of alluded to this, J- Jaden Lloyd and Jaden Doss, they're getting some good reps, and uh, along with Alex Bullock, so... I want to talk about Alex Bullock's for one second uh, in relation to the wide receivers. What are the odds that Alex Bullock's cracks the two deep by uh, game time against Minnesota? Does that seem plausible right
2: now? I'm going to lean towards no, but we'll see what happens, I guess.
0: Tyler, what do you think? I'm going to say yes. I I th- if you're defining it feels like a
2: Zach he feels like a Zach Wine to me right now. Uh, see, I I think again, I or think- even a Brody Belt who who did get some playing time, yes, but was he ever really too deep? He so, was usually like an emergency situation type of guy.
0: Yeah, I, I okay. So th- this question is a little bit tough because do I think we're do I think he is going to finish in our top six wide receivers heading into the fall? If I had to put a dollar on it today, I would say he will. Now, does that equate snaps? I I don't know. Like I don't really know how much will rotate. I think there's some things we need to figure out at tight end, but yeah, I I I think yes. Okay. Where is your stance, Justin?
1: I think yeah, I think it's uh very likely that he is uh, ends up in the top 2 headed into Minnesota week.
2: I don't know. Again, to me it just feels like the staff, the, the staffs used to always talk about how great Brody Belt was, and I guess Justin used to talk about how good Zach Wine was. I don't know if anybody else did, but he used to be great. He is still great. <laughs> so I, I don't know. That's kind of how I feel about this guy. Like he's getting a lot of talk, but we'll see if he actually gets much for snaps.
1: So uh, will Josh Fleeks be in the two deep, headed into Minnesota?
2: I I would say yes. Tyler? I would lean no. Okay.
1: Yeah, I think if you're going to – for Alex Bullock to get up there, he has to take somebody's spot, and I think that's going to be Josh Fleek's. Uh, But we will see. Uh, Tyler, you're big on the secondary. You heard a lot about secondary this week from the coaches. Talk about the secondary.
0: Well, I mean I think it was a week ago. I was on here saying, man, we lost Miles Farmer, Mark Buford's not gonna play. It's not start the year. and I, I don't want to say I was selling stock, but I definitely wasn't buying more of it. And fast forward to listening to Isaac Gifford talk the last few days and all the hype around him uh, and the, the the praise for Tommy Hill, who I have been probably the highest on on this podcast in his career. Oh, I think that's fair to easy. say. And you know I, I was definitely not uh i mean I was kind of losing a little bit of faith in him and coming back around and the the cornerbacks and I, I I think this is the strength of the team I think that's where it is um it, it really seems like coming into fall camp like this is the group that there there was a potential it could fall wayside but there's so many guys that I think could touch the field and be p- contributors. We're just so deep, even with the loss of Farmer at Buford. It's just, I feel really confident with this group.
2: Derek? Right now, I get the feel with the secondary, it's starting to feel more like the tight end group. Where there's a lot of potential, and they could be really good. But you don't really know yet until you start seeing
1: them. Oh come on, that's, that's not, not fair, fair at all. No, there's there's a lot of experience. There's a lot of game experience. I mean, returning.
2: Malcolm Hartzog, yes. Quentin Newsom, Quentin Newsom, yes. Isaac yes. the other yes. three.
0: I mean, is I mean he's seen the field. Yes, he started most of last year. <laughs> yeah, Did he? are. Right. Wow. And, and, and Tommy Hill, def I mean, obviously he's moving to safety now. Sounds like he's moving to safety. Uh, but even if you go deeper... Really? Because well,
2: Malcolm Hartsog made it sound like he was going to play cornerback, and Malcolm Hartsog was practicing at safety.
1: Well, so Evan Cooper, he was talking about how... Uh,
2: I know, they play the same game that everybody else does, yeah. and they don't... They all play every position. Tyler, you hate that?
0: I hate that. I hate that rule. I time my coach says it, I just want to rip my, what a little hair I have left out of my head. Like, it... did. Like, I want these guys to go get drafted in the NFL. And they're like, yeah, we draft you as a corner, but we'll play you at safety. I mean, it doesn't really matter. Like, it is just the most absurd thing that guys who are starters, that you're like, yeah, we'll just rotate them constantly.
1: Yeah, and so there's, I guess it's easily to group all of them in defensive backs. But Bill Bush said something last year uh, that was just, you know, he talked about there's huge differences between safety and a cornerbacks coach. So they split up the coaching duties to, so you could coach the safeties one way and the cornerbacks another way. And, uh, so I don't know. I, I know there's a lot of teams that with just one defensive backs coach, but there's also a lot of teams that have two defensive backs coach. They, they separate the safety and, uh, quarterbacks. So, that's interesting. So, so man, with, so with, what's that?
2: Maybe a better take isn't so much that they're like the Titans, but they're one injury away from being E. I don't know. Like like depth has really gotten scarier, a lot scarier, I'd say, at, at, at in the secondary overall.
1: So if you hear the coaches talk, what's really good is uh, you hear about Phelan Sanford. All the coaches are talking about Phelan Sanford. His name gets brought up so much.
2: It does, but he was also talking about how he's practicing mostly on special teams. He's, and, he's on
1: all four teams of special teams, but I mean, I'm—I guarantee he's going to see the field
0: uh, at d- defensive back. And there Time. is the wine master comparison because I think that I think Justin, <laughs> I, I now I do think Sanford could get some snaps. I don't think he is not. I, I don't think you're completely crazy.
1: We had him talk to the media yesterday.
0: Yeah, I think he's a good talker. I think he's a he's a seven year guy. He's been around a while. Five years, come on, man. Okay, I I don't know where where he is with COVID year and whatnot. And I just think, I mean I think he 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 obviously has shown that he can come out there and make some plays because he's done it in games. Um, I just look at that safety spot because that's where I presume he's going to play. I think we're more than an injury away from him seeing any meaningful snaps I think you look at the starters with Gifford and you look at I know Gifford's kind of a rover but then you have Tommy Hill and you look at uh um oh gosh who was the other guy that they had starting the other day uh Collier you have Collier and Tommy Hill who I I think starting then you have Singleton who might also start in there who knows how that all plays out and then you look at guys that we haven't heard really mention is Omar Brown. Is he a corner? Is he a safety? Probably ahead of him. I just think you're you're more than just one simple injury for him getting a lot of meaningful snaps. I, I that's my take on. I don't know. Do you, I mean do you do you put him ahead of any of those guys? Yeah, I
1: think I think he's the number 2 guy. I mean, I could see him playing right behind Luke Gifford. I think he's athletic Isaac? enough to play that position the rover yeah because I, I don't know what I'm, I'm really interested to see what the depth chart will be if it's ever released before the game I want to see exactly where everybody's going to be lining up not on not just in the defensive backfield but also on the offensive line we hear everybody's moving around I want to see where players are actually going to be listed on a depth chart can, That's can, what I'm really interested in.
0: Can we put an official Huskast petition into the coach's staff for the depth chart? Yeah, let's start. You it. get three oars. You get three oars. That's all I want to see on this lineup. I do not want to see a depth chart that has nineteen wait, different th- oars.
1: Wait, three oars per position group? No,
0: no, no, no. You get three on this thing. I, I don't um. need to see Ramir Johnson never see the field, and be an or for starting spot. I don't even know if
1: I'd recognize a depth chart without an ore in it. Uh, all right. Hey, we got to move on real quick. Derek, you sent an article today that the Big Ten is considering 10 conference games uh, moving forward. Uh, that's That would suck for one, I think. Uh, well,
2: I, I, we, we talked about that a little bit last or just Sunday. I uh, talked about what – Go into ten games, what that would mean, and it's it's just ruined non conference games, absolutely ruin them, because you're not going to have any good games. No, you think Ohio sit- State? You think Ohio State's going to have a no- play Notre Dame?
1: Do you think anybody's going to be playing any good teams? That's no. what I mean.
2: You think Nebraska's scheduling Colorado? Well, yeah, because they're not a good team. It's a power five team. Why would you schedule a power five team? Because they're they're like. Power they're, five they're, light
0: they're in the big twelve I mean that that's power five light Oh. you
2: know,
1: you can take a Justin, dig, you
0: just said it you can take a
1: <laughs> dig at the big twelve without taking or take a dig at Colorado without taking a dig at the big twelve Tyler come on,
0: yeah, I mean, I could, but where's the fun in that <laughs> I, I don't
2: know i I, just don't, I don't see it happening. you're definitely not seeing any more Oklahoma games,
1: well, you know, the scheduling would suck for one. But you know where else it would suck? It would suck in playoff time. I mean, with other conferences not scheduling uh, 9 or 10 games, SEC scheduling 8 games, and then Big Ten would be playing uh, 10 conference games, at the end of the year, there's going to be teams in the SEC with really good records that ain't played anybody, and the committee has not been penalizing teams for playing soft schedules. Unless they're from well, the Big
2: Twelve, I don't well, know if that's true. They don't. They, they usually don't penalize the SEC. For the like SEC.
1: Yeah. That, well, that's basically what I'm coming down to, right?
2: I, I guess we'll see what happens with Michigan this year because they got a pretty soft schedule this year.
0: Well, and I, I think we'll this,
2: see if they get penalized at all.
0: But I and I do think the difference is really going to come with this expanded playoff. I I do think the schedule is going to play more of a thing because again, it, it, it's tough. It's good. There's going to be smaller gaps between t- Team 11, 12, and 13, and 14 than there was 4, 5, and 6. So it's going right. to be a tighter race, and things like schedule are definitely going to play a little bit more of a part in it. Um, on my thoughts on the 10 conference games is, like, I am just doing my best to embrace the new college football. And, I mean, we're old enough to remember, I mean... Like, if you would have said years ago, and I don't know what your takes would have been, we're going to go away from eight conference games and play nine? That's insane. Like, why would I we... didn't like it then. I, I didn't like it but, then. I really did But not, but not. Nine...
2: Especially when no, none of the other conferences were, were really
0: doing But it. nine, I've grown to like nine. I think nine's great. I, I can't actually even remember, like, the pre. It's like, wait, how many cupcakes did we use to play every year? And then you used to have the weird years where you only played 11 games because like the schedules weren't even even every year you're dating yourself now yeah I, yeah <laughs> but but that happened and it's like wait how many games it's so I don't know I think it's just one of those changes that I'm just gonna try to grow with because I think this is happening i it of changes unfortunately
2: like, I think you're right i I really do and I and eventually yes I will embrace it. But right now, no, I don't love it. Well, where because you better be ready to see Nebraska playing a lot of Bethune Cookman and
0: sure. Furman State. Yep, yeah, we could play. We could or pull a Big Twelve team in. We'll we'll get them up. We'll whoop them up. And uh... is is it any different than
1: playing uh, Louisiana Tech and Northern Illinois though?
2: I mean, at least Colorado's in there. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, but you. you, the, you
1: the, the newness is, factor of like USC, UCLA, Oregon, and Washington—that's kind of like a non-conference, I guess. If you want to trick your mind, yeah, but that, into that'll wear that. off.
0: Yeah, but there's Eventually. the conference is so big. I mean, by the time we get Florida State and Notre Dame, I mean we're gonna have twenty some teams in this conference. <laughs> like, we it's gonna feel like a non-conference. How often we play them? And you damn yeah. well know we're not gonna play Rutgers all but once a decade. God, why? Because they're too bad. We're going to get stuck with Ohio State, USC, and Michigan every damn year. That's a shame.
1: Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see where that goes. All right. Let's get on to this Big Ten East preview. Uh, So what we'll do is we'll we'll go down. We'll discuss uh, all seven teams out of the East. Uh, We'll kind of truncate this so this episode doesn't go too long. But uh, we'll, we'll talk about... Uh, why these teams could be good and why these teams could be bad. And uh, I'm going to kick it off with Indiana, who was 4-8 and eight last year. But they had wins over Illinois and Michigan State. Those are two pretty good teams. Uh, well, Illinois was a good team last year. So, uh, in regards to Indiana, the good. Well, they're returning their leading tackler, linebacker Aaron Casey. And uh, they grabbed 16 players out of the transfer portal there's not a lot of good with this indiana team they're in tough when you get to the bad uh they just returned five starters on offense and three starters on defense looks like they're going to be starting a redshirt freshman quarterback and on defense they lose nine of the top 10 uh tacklers i mean i don't know there's there's Not a lot of positivity out of Indiana that you can look at. They look like they're going to be in a really dire year. And Tom Allen, Tom Allen, Tyler, we were both big fans of Tom Allen a few years ago, but I just don't see any improvement. Uh, Let's talk about Indiana. Then we'll get into our projections for Indiana. Uh, Tyler, you can take it away first.
0: Well, I I would say one thing that I'm interested to see is the offensive line play at Indiana. Indiana's had a really rough offensive line really the last couple years, even the COVID year that they popped. But this last year, they brought in Bob, uh, Bobstad, Um, and maybe you don't, you might remember that name a little bit when we were looking for an offensive line coach. He is the former offensive line coach at Wisconsin. He was there for 12 years, lots of experience coming there to hopefully sure up the offensive line. I think that you look even back to the uh, Pinnock's days, like he was getting hit a lot. I think if they can shore it up a little bit, they do have the potential to move forward. I do think this defense will be better. Um, Last year, Tom Allen took over play-calling duties. Uh, It sounds like he might be pulling back a little bit, still up in the air a little there. Um, But you you mentioned it to kick it off, Justin. We used to be big Tom Allen fans, uh, me and you, and... I, I still think he has something in him from a defensive coordinator standpoint. So I do think he can get a little bit out of this defense. Um, the The problem is that there's nothing that scares you about that specialty position, the quarterback room, wide receiver. I mean, there's I just I do not see anything that scares me. Um, I, I wish on the, the offensive side for a dynamic playmaking.
2: Derek, your thoughts on Indiana? Uh, I mean. Tyler, you talk about this. Uh, this defense could possibly be better, but man, only returning three starters on defense is rough. That that's tough for any coach to do. And when you're coaching for your job, like Tom Allen most likely is this year, I think that's a lot. That's a that's a tall order. That's I, I just can't see. I, I I've never been a huge Tom Allen fan. I I, I I think he was good for Indiana for a year or two, but I also think he took over Kevin Wilson's team. And had a little bit better talent. And I don't think he's brought in much talent. I know he's got some transfer. Just talked about some of the transfers coming in, uh, we'll see what he can do with those. But I, I just, I don't know. I, I don't see much good coming out of Indiana. But
1: how did it get this bad? I mean, it seemed like, remembering just COVID year, three seasons ago, you know, they really won the East and then they did the little. Uh, They did the little trickery right there, right through Ohio state in the, uh, conference championship. But since then, the last two years, how I, I I just don't understand how they went from in 2019, eight and five in 2020, six and two to two and 10 and four and six. And what I perceive, I'm going to tip my hand, not a very good year this year, probably subpar of, uh. Last year, so
0: well. well, Let me ask you a question to answer that, Justin. Who who was their quarterback then?
1: Yeah, Michael Penix.
0: And everyone thought, man, is he is he really good? Look what he's done since he left there. I mean, he I mean, he is a legit top ten quarterback in the country. I mean, and so yeah, there's
2: there's there are some Heisman odds for him. Yeah, in his his fifteenth year in college.
0: (laughs) So I I think that I think he was a big reason. Why they were so good, but yeah, he's been around the block a couple times. So I just think they've had a sh- they've struggled, and and again, I mean, last year their quarterbacks were g- injured. Uh, they went they they played three different quarterbacks, uh, and they weren't good to start with. Turtle wasn't good, and yeah, I know it was Tuttle, but I'm gonna call him Turtle, and <laughs> I just I just didn't want to get called TJ Butcher Shop. That was an intentional, uh, that was an intentional <laughs> dip I mean, they just. So yeah, I I just I think they've just struggled to replace him, and I, I'm not I don't know if they've got it fixed this year. All right,
1: so the over under on Indiana is set at four. Uh, Tyler, what do you have Indiana
0: over well, or under four? So so I guess I don't know if we're gonna give records, but I actually have Indiana going four and eight is kind so of my a thing. Push? So so I would have a push, but I always say you've got to take a stance. This is That's not. It. It's not that we're we're giving out gambling odds, and if I had to go one way or another, I would go under. Like if if I, I just there's n- almost no pathway I see them getting their fifth win, so I I would have to. While I do have them four and eight, I would I give them a better shot of dropping another game in there than getting another win. Derek, uh, I I'm going
2: way under. I, I have them at three and nine. I almost had them at two and ten. But I gave them a game that I'm not so sure they're going to be able to win. But yeah, I mean, we're I, but I yeah I think they're three and nine. I just I don't see a lot of potential on this team right now.
1: Yeah, this was the easiest under for me. I had them at two and ten this year, so we'll see. Uh, Derek, uh, give us uh, Maryland.
2: All right, so you know Maryland, they got probably the set to me the second best quarterback in the Big Ten returning. And Tagovailoa, uh, I, it's, hard, it's hard to argue that he's not at least the second-best quarterback. And he, he could have maybe even make argument for best quarterback in the Big Ten. Uh, he's got great receivers to be to throw back to. I mean, he's got Tyrese Chambers coming back and Deshaun Jones, who were both really good receivers last year, returning for starters. Uh, the problem is the return, they're, they, they're bad it, for me was – they were replacing almost their entire offensive line, which wasn't great last year to begin with. But now they're—I think—they're replacing four out of their five guys. Uh, so that's never a good sign, usually. Uh, defensively, I don't really think much defensively when it comes to Maryland, but their their offense, I think, will still probably be pretty dangerous.
0: Tyler. Well, I mean, I, th- I think when you talk about the strengths, I mean, you got to point to the quarterback. Um, I mean, Tugglevoy, you mentioned, is one of the better quarterbacks. Last year, he passed for 3,000 yards and 67% and missed a game. But one thing that I missed in the headlines is they had a thousand yard rusher last year. Yeah. Um, is that crazy? And, and it was like, that, that was a shock to me. Um, I also was think. That Roman Hemby? Yeah. Yeah, and he's coming back as well. He's, he's coming back, and, and I think this defense overall is returning a lot of talent. I think they're going to have one of the better, uh, perhaps the best defense under their where where this team falls apart. Derek, you mentioned it, is in the trenches. I, they were bad last year. They've been bad there. I don't see them taking a step forward. So it's kind of a the same song and dance we've seen with Maryland with probably a little bit better defense behind them. And let's not forget,
1: they went 8-5 and five last year. I mean, this is a team. And there's areas that uh, look like they're going to improve, but there's not a lot of places where you think that they will decline uh, overall on the team. So it's really remarkable on what the job that uh, Loxley has done because every time that we've done the uh the big rank the big 10 coaches every time we we've done that it was always mike loxley and scott frost <laughs> they were like the bottom two coaches in the big 10 for a long time loxley's turning this around i don't know where he would rank if we were to do that cuz we did not rank the coaches this year because of all the coaching changes uh but he's he's impressing me he really is impressing me so uh, I like this Maryland team. This is going to be his best team that uh he brings uh or it's going to be his best team ever.
0: So I ha- I hate this question and I'm going to ask it to you guys, but I and and maybe this is tipping the hand where we're going, but the big 3 out of the East, Penn State, Michigan, Ohio State. Is Maryland good enough to beat any of those three teams this year?
1: I think they could potentially uh Knock off one of those teams. I would. I would not bet that money.
0: So, I so if I said, money, I said, I I'm giving you those three teams. I'm going to give you a pure money line bet. Those three against Maryland this year, even odds. Would you bet that Maryland comes away with one of those wins?
1: Even, uh, not at even odds.
2: No, I. I. I don't think they're there. I, I think they're a good team, but they're not. No, they're not with the top three. Okay.
1: You'd be plus three hundred. I'm betting Maryland.
0: That's fair. I would, too. I would, too. I mean, I think Maryland is what, you know, Ohio State has been to a degree. Maryland might have the second-best wide receiver core. They might have the second-or-best quarterback. I mean, they're they're dynamic on offense. They've got a good running back. Again, I mentioned their defense being better. I I just think that there's real talent on this team. So
2: so I, I agree. There is talent on this team. But I think the trenches just is too much to overcome, especially when you're talking about the top three guys, those top three teams.
1: So the over/under for uh, Maryland this year is set at seven. Would you take over or under, Derek?
2: Man, that sucks. Guys. I didn't realize that was their over/under because that's where I have them going at seven and five. Take a stand. If you're going to make me take a stand, I would probably lean under, but I do think they win seven.
0: All right, Tyler. Well, I'm with Derek. I'm seven and five, also. Uh, but you gotta take a stand, and I'm gonna go over. If I had to push it one way, I'd go over.
1: Okay, I had Maryland at eight and four this year. Uh, I really like the way that their schedule sets up, too. So, oh. give me the over on that. Another easy one, Tyler. We're going to you for Michigan.
0: Okay. Well. The, the the team that uh, won the Big Ten last year uh, and blew it in the playoffs is returning probably the best team. Jim Harbaugh's coached at Mer- uh, Michigan, uh, J.J. McCarthy, uh, comes back again. Um, I, I'm guessing when Derek mentioned the second-best quarterback, I'm guessing J.J.'s number one in his book. <clears throat> and a lot of people agree. Um, they, they return a hell of a two-headed attack at cor- uh, running back with Blake Corum and Donovan Edwards. And they returned nine of their top 12 tacklers. So, yeah, th- they're pretty loaded.
1: Uh, Tyler, you meant to say Tanner Mordecai, number one quarterback in
2: the Big Ten. Right? Nobody's Nobody was talking about Tanner Mordecai. No, uh, no, ever. No, 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 no,
0: he, he's, he's not in the top three, Justin. <laughs> okay. It, it,
2: to me, it's, it's 1A and 1B with J.J. McCarthy and Tagovailoa. But... If you were to make, if you were to make me take a stand, I would say J.J. McCarthy's probably the best quarterback. But yeah. I also think that, that that running back tandem is just it helps him out so much because it makes the defense stay honest, and I, it it gives him some time back there. They got a good offensive line as well, so I mean that helps a lot. Yeah I mean I would I would love to see what Tagovailoa could do with that kind of offensive line in front of him. Did
0: you know they gave an award out every year for the best offensive line in the country? No. It's called the Joe Moore Award. And I I had never heard of it. And Michigan is the first team in, I I believe, college football history, but at least recent history, to win it back-to-back. They won it back-to-back years. Oh, for the entire offensive line. The the whole unit. And they won it back-to-back years.
2: And they, and they return four of those five and starters. And they return
0: four of the five starters. I mean, it, it, I, I didn't even mention a weakness because I really don't think they have a weakness. Their schedule is a strength, but if I had to pick a weakness, I—
2: Their weakness is Jim Harbaugh's a weirdo.
0: Well, I was going to say well, wide, wide receiver. I think Ronnie Bell, losing him, will be an interesting move. I, think, I don't know if they're going to be as dynamic on the outside. I think there's a few teams ahead of them in that regard. They're certainly not bad at wide receiver, but I, if I had a pick, I think that's where I would point to.
1: Yeah. I mean, Jeffrey, the Greek was on with us a couple of weeks ago and, uh, you know, with Jim Harbaugh being suspended for four games, that's not going to impact this team at all. I mean, and you're right. Looking at this team,
2: especially with that schedule. Yeah. I mean, that's That schedule is ridiculously easy for them, especially their non-conference schedule. It's, It's almost absurd how bad they're there. East Carolina, UNLV,
1: Bowling Green. And for crossovers, they get at Nebraska, at Minnesota, and Purdue. So that's very manageable. Home against Ohio State. Yeah, I mean, this is one of those years, because we've seen this before with Jim Harbaugh teams. You know, it's like, hey, they better make it to the national championship. I mean, is this a must, like – they must play in the national title game this year. What?
2: I don't know if it's a must. They must make the playoff, but yeah, I think they're almost a shoe in for that. So, I,
1: I do too. I do too. But I mean, they they need to advance, right?
2: I mean, I, yeah, I'm sure Michigan fans are ready for them to advance because right.
1: Jim Harbaugh made the statement. He makes all these grandiose statements, but he said recently that he. Can see, like, uh, what do you say, 20 players uh, get drafted off of this team. He thinks that they can uh, set the record for most draft picks from a single team. 20 is what he said. So, obviously, he says a lot of grandiose uh, statements, but I mean, if that is remotely true, if you're, I mean, you should probably win the national title if you have that many, if, if you have that much NFL talent. And so, if you don't even make the title game, that's got to be a huge letdown. So, uh, Michigan, their over under is set at ten and a half. Derek,
2: I I think this is an easy over. Easy. Easy over, Tyler. Over.
1: Over. Yep. I have over. And and to be fair,
2: I have them going twelve and zero. I. I think getting Ohio State at home is a big deal for them. And I just don't see any other team that can really stop them. Yeah,
1: I'm with you. I have, I have them going undefeated as well. I'd be disappointed if they did not. Well, not really. I'd be loving the game if they lost, but they, they I could go. Undefeated. I could think
0: of a game I'd want them to lose. Yeah, uh, maybe yes. September 30th. <laughs> Let's not uh, yes. cut that. But yeah, true. Uh, okay, next
1: team is Michigan State. This is mine. Uh, Last year they went five and seven, but they beat Wisconsin and number fourteen Illinois. Uh, the good thing about Michigan State this year is they returned four to the five starters on offensive line, including their uh, star center uh, Nick Somek. I can't read my writing actually right there. Uh, they also bring back their running back Nick or Jaden Berger, and their leading tackler linebacker Cal Holiday, and. Also of interesting note, Alani Brown, he transferred from Nebraska to Michigan State, so expect to see him uh, on the field. Uh, the bad thing about Michigan State is they're going to have a new quarterback because Peyton Thorne, he transferred to Auburn. They lost their top wide receiver, and then their schedule does not set up good for them at all. Uh, you know, Of course, they play in the East, but they draw at, o- at Iowa, at Minnesota, and Nebraska. Uh, tough things are in store for Mel Tucker. And after Mel Tucker, after he had that sensational first year, it's all been downhill from there. Uh, a Golf with a guy in league who's from Michigan State has zero faith in Mel Tucker. And he says the fan base, they want him gone. They want him done. So, uh not a lot of faith with Mel, Mel Tucker and this team headed into uh, 2023. Tyler, your thoughts?
0: Well, I mean, I, th- I think that if I was looking at Michigan State's strength, is I think their front seven on defense. Um, I think overall they, they're they going to be viding with, I think, Maryland is the fourth best defense in that division. Um, that's not a great thing, but I think they're, they're in that play. Um, they have a pretty damn good uh, defensive lineman is Simon Barrow um he is one of the better defensive linemen in the conference uh so i think he'll be in contention um but when i talk about weaknesses i definitely those transfers losing the big two is tough to handle and last year michigan state only had two interceptions on defense this team doesn't cause turnovers um their secondary is not looking to be much better this year so i i don't know um where exactly i see this team going this is probably one of the harder teams we've had to predict um because you do mention that uh the, the schedule doesn't do them a lot of favors but i mean there's a couple teams in the east that are pretty bad uh they do have a really interesting non-conference game with washington kind i'm kind of gonna put on my mel T- tucker hat and kind of hope we get a welcome to the big 10 moment i just wish it was against a better team but yeah, it, it's they, they've got a tough schedule.
2: Derek? A better team. I mean, Washington was a pretty damn good team last year. Weren't they? Well, no, I must say I I guess I was wishing Washington was oh, playing okay, in a okay. better Big Ten team. Okay, I got you. I'm sorry. I, I misunderstood what you were saying there. Uh, I I'm gonna harp on the two transfers. Like losing your quarterback and your best wide receiver. I, that's a huge deal. I I I don't know what this offense is going to bring. Uh, getting Jalen Berger back is, is great for them. Uh, defensively, <laughs> it's a guy so hard. I'm sure they'll be okay, but I mean, they weren't great last year. They gave up a lot of points in a lot of games. Uh, I, I, I'm kind of with your buddy and say I think Mel Tucker is probably the most overpaid coach in the big 10
1: easy in the country. Yeah. I mean, it's it's, it's, Jimbo Fisher, right. They got to be battling for the, uh, biggest robbery.
2: Yeah, absolutely. At least
0: Jimbo has that, uh,
2: and and unfortunately for Michigan state fans, I just don't see him getting rid of Mel Tucker for a while after the signing that huge contract with him. But I'm not seeing a ton of good out of Michigan state, uh, they're not the bottom feeders like Indiana but I'm not seeing a ton of highs for them
1: yeah Uh, so the over under set at four and a half I'll go first I have them under
2: Uh, tough year Derek I do have
0: them at over but I have them going five and seven Tyler I have them over. I have them eking into a bowl game at 6-6. Six and 6-6? Six. Six and six. Wow, you're
1: actually high on this, too. I I did not expect that because you've been talking a lot of uh, smack about
0: I, I, Michigan I mean, State. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I mean. The, the,
1: but I but I do know why. I, I know where one of those wins is coming from because of your disdain for a uh, coach that we're going to be talking about here shortly. Y-
0: yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
1: So, uh, okay, so that brings us to Derek and Ohio State.
2: All right, Ohio State. Okay, you want to talk about the good? Look at their recruiting rankings. They have talent coming out their wazoo. Right? They, there's no doubt about it. Uh, it's hard to argue. I Ryan Day has done a phenomenal job there. I know he's lost to Michigan a couple times a year, in a row, and that's not sitting well with... Michigan or uh, Ohio State fans. However, that guy's record is phenomenal and he's done great. And he's got the talent to continue to do whatever it is that he's done. Uh, the problem, if you want the bad, there, there's a few bad things that I, this is the first year that we really don't know a lot about their quarterback. Like, it sounds like Kyle McCord's probably going to start, but, and I'm not saying that's a bad person to start we just there's not as much hype on him as we had with justin fields and cj stroud so i'm sure he'll be fine but if there's one spot where you lean towards bad it's maybe maybe you just don't know what you're getting out of mccord uh they also are replacing three of their five offensive line so you wonder how well they're going to protect it and mccord uh the other part of the good, I'll go back to good, is uh, they got the best receiving core in all of football, with Marvin Harrison Jr. and Julian Fleming and uh, Egbuca. Got a great running back coming back, and Trayvon Henderson. Again, you could go on and on about their good. Uh, they're returning seven seven guys on offense, seven guys on defense. I mean, there's not. That's pretty good returning production.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, Derek, I mean, I I I know you hyped it up, but I mean, they they have phenomenal wide receivers. Um, I mean, Marvin Harrison Jr. might be the best wide receiver prospect in the last decade, and the other two starting wide receivers were both number 1 wide receiver in their respective class. Um, they had Maybe the two best defenders on the same team uh, with JT, I'm going to butcher this, Tumaloa and Tommy, uh, can't read my own handwriting, but... Uh, Eichenberg. Eichenberg, thank you. Um, that You mentioned their running backs. And then also, let's just not forget how good Ohio State was last year. I know they lost to Michigan. But that was a very close game. That was competitive through most of that game. And they were damn near beat Georgia, and if they would have beat Georgia, they would have won a national championship. Like they would have wiped the floor with TCU. So, they were I mean, they were on the cusp of winning a national championship last year. Everyone asked acts like last year was a disaster for them. Um,
2: and I get it. As a Nebraska fan, I think we can all feel the the Relation to that. Like, we used to be this way.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's like, oh, you didn't win a national championship or you didn't win the Big Ten Conference. Like, it was a failure of a year, but it really wasn't. Um, Derek, you hit their offensive line. That is definitely one of the weaknesses. Um, Quarterback, I also think. And and, and look, by by me calling it a
2: weakness and and, and talking about um, McCord, like, these aren't bad problems to have. Like, I'm stretching to call anything bad about Ohio State.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I I think you you nailed two of the three weaknesses on the head. I think quarterback is a weakness. I think that you know they're not entering the Big Ten with one of the three or four best quarterbacks in the conference, which is new territory for them. Um, you know, and and
2: he could be. I mean, we don't
0: know. No, but, we don't know. And, and, but going into the season, you can't hardly put him up there yet. I mean, so you mentioned that McCord is the likely starter, and I I was listening to the Eyes on Big podcast, and they really hit home, the fact that it's still a competition, and they brought up an interesting point, so kudos to them for making me think this, but if you're in a quarterback con uh, competition this late in the fall, is that a situation where you have two really good quarterbacks, or is that a situation where, man, you made me not you don't have the guy and like, is, is it good to still be competing this late, or this point in the season, so um, I I don't know. It made me wonder. Um, but, yeah, I mean, th- th- this is going to be a good team. This is, I-, I know we tipped our hand with all of us saying Michigan's going undefeated, we, the way we think it goes. But this was not easy. I i, I could see Ohio State winning that game. Just, just, just a little fun fact for you
2: guys, just uh, did not realize this until just now. Uh, did you guys realize Tristan Jibbia in his seventh year is playing for Ohio? State? Yes,
1: that that was going to be the nugget that I offered to this conversation <laughs> to bring it back to a Nebraska thing, and that's what I that was my. I, I'm sorry one for note.
2: stealing your thunder there. I I apologize. I was just looking at Phil Steele and I noticed something. Uh, I think Oregon State being highlighted. And I'm like, who'd they get from Ohio State? And I looked back and it was Tristan Jibbia, and I was like,
0: I didn't know he was there. Yeah, so he, I apologize he, for stealing your thoughts. He is yep. not competing for the starting spot by all accounts. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he's he's
1: not challenging McCord. Okay, uh, I just geez. wanted to get that out of there. But yeah, uh, okay. So the over on I so now that Derek stole my own, one little tidbit that I was going to offer because Ohio State is Ohio State. There are no weaknesses. They're nothing but strengths. You can knock the quarterback, whatever. Ten and a half is the over under. I have over Derek.
0: I actually have under on this one wow okay uh not crazy not crazy but i I did go i I have
2: i have them at 10 and 2
0: yeah i i I am 11 and 1 um yeah not crazy um again if their quarterback doesn't hit i i know their wide receivers are great And and when i say don't hit it it's all relative but if their quarterback. Hey, maybe he's not the third or fourth best quarterback in the league. Maybe he's closer to average. Like, could I? I mean, they've got some games they can lose. They 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 a hundred percent do. Maryland could be a scary game for them. Um, Penn State Penn could State. be scary. Notre Dame could be scary. Like, besides Michigan, I mean,
2: they- that that that's a, a shock surprise. That's actually who I have been losing to is Notre Dame. Really, because Notre Dame has got probably that probably they're probably one of the teams that have maybe close to enough talent to compete with them besides Penn state. But I will say Notre Dame has easily a top 10 quarterback in the country. And Sam Hartman, I dude came from uh wake forest was phenomenal there and did great things with way less talent. And it's going to be early in the season. We don't know. I, I can see Kyle McCord coming up to his first, Real test and struggling a little bit. All right, and then, Derek. And then and then Sam Hartman, my my boy.
1: He's your boy now.
2: He's, he's he, he, I always liked him at Wake Forest. I loved him at Wake Forest. All right,
1: let's talk Penn State, Derek.
2: All right. So Penn State. I, again, I, I talked. Tyler, talked why are you
1: making ref- that face?
0: Th- didn't Derek go first last time? You just gonna let Derek go first? Yeah, to- I just, I just did Ohio State. Let oh. Tyler do Penn oh, State. Oh, Tyler, why All am right, I doing Penn State? State? I don't know. I just really in charge here? So <laughs> I, I looked at my notes last year for Penn State, and one thing I wrote down about them is how young they were. Like, and and I don't know if that was real, and I don't know how that came into fruition because at this point we're really projecting a lot of stuff, and I look back and. Man, I don't know if I miss this, but Penn State was damn good last year. So you had the fact that they were a relatively young roster in a lot of key positions, and all of a sudden they had their best season in probably the last half decade. It really makes you wonder. Um, you know, the strength of this team really starts with their running back duo. And Nick Singleton and uh, Creighton Allen, um, they were the first true freshman duo in ncaa history to have over 700 yards in the same season uh kudos to the pick six previews for that little stat preview one of the best preview magazines uh, they're also returning four of their five starting offensive linemen uh penn state has been consistent on defense and i expect them to be consistent again this year i think they're going to be really good on defense if I had to pick a weakness and I really don't see a lot, it's a little bit of question mark at quarterback. Um, no more Sean Clifford. And if you would have said this about two years ago, I think some Penn state fans would have said, Hey, is is that actually a good thing? We finally got rid of him. But last year he balled guys. Like he came out and he played last year. So I I do think the change in quarterback is going to be an interesting moment for them. Um, and really, that's the only weakness besides having to play Ohio State-Michigan I see for Penn State this year.
1: I know a lot of people are high on their quarterback, uh, Drew Allard.
0: what Was he there's, the number one quarterback his class? Or at least he was a five-star. He was a big-time recruit.
1: Yeah. I don't, I don't know exactly what it was. But, yeah. There's, there's a lot of hype behind him.
0: He, he was uh, a five-star. I mean, he was a five-star. And, and people thought last year he might have started. Like I think people thought, hey, maybe he comes in and 3 4 games in the season takes a job from Clifford and but that obviously didn't come to fruition, but yeah, I, I agree with you. I think a lot of people are confident in him.
1: But I just want to add to the point because yeah, a lot of people forget that, you know, because they got their asses kicked by Michigan and Ohio State last year. They destroyed everybody else on the roster except for Purdue, I guess in the uh, opening game. Double digit wins. I mean, they were just destroying everybody. Uh, on their, I said well, they, even the, even the Ohio
2: that. State game. That was a uh, close they lost by thirteen points, but it was it was fairly close for most of for that game. For a while, game. yeah, yeah. But uh, Michigan pretty much destroyed them. But
1: to, uh, Derek, your thoughts on Penn
2: State? Well, I mean, yeah, they got eight returning starters on offense and defense. That's great that's a great thing to have for uh james franklin and the old nittany lions uh, they got they got great players and I, I i said something about notre dame having enough talent to compete with ohio state but penn state's up there too like they've recruited well they got they got a lot of talent there and now you got you have most of the guys with experience uh i i think they're gonna be a good team i drew LR, i i know he was a high recruit but coming in his first year still scares me a little bit. For if I if I'm a Penn State fan until I actually see him, uh, but but I get there's a lot of hype on him, so I I don't see a ton of weaknesses really. I, I they have uh, like Tyler said, other than having Ohio State and Michigan on your schedule again every year.
1: Is James Franklin on the hot seat or not? Is he on the hot seat? But could he be on the hot seat if he does not like beat the big two this year? One of the big two. So. I
2: I I can't see it, but I mean, who, who knows? Stranger things have happened in college football. And he's had enough. But he's had a few bad years that you could sit here and go, okay, we can go back to that and look. But no, I don't think so. Tanner, what do you think?
0: I think I think it's a lit. Li- it, it's lukewarm. It, it's hey, he doesn't get one of the big two. He doesn't take them out this year. Doesn't get either of them. Because because again, this might be his best team he's had since he won the Big Ten. I mean, this really might be that team for him. And so you're saying you have your best team, one of your two best teams in your tenure, and you finish third in a division, like. That's not a great look. And then you know, again, we talked about this with Maryland. Maryland is a scary team. Could Maryland pull an upset in there? I, I mean, maybe. Wow. And they destroyed Maryland. They, they, they year, did. But I, 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 yeah, I mean, but it was it was thirty to nothing. But, but this they sure, they're, they're on defensive. the road to Maryland this they get, year. It's it's, a, yeah. it's on the road. Yep. And so and, last and, time
2: I watched a Maryland game at Maryland, it didn't seem too fierce.
1: Hey, all it takes is uh, some. Big and, wins and good wins, and
0: but things happen. Well, and I, I was gonna pull this up, but Penn State also they've got not an easy cross divisional schedule this year. They got Illinois, uh, they got uh, at Illinois, they got Iowa. Um, I think it was Iowa, and uh, yeah, yeah, yep, it's Iowa at Illinois, and then they get uh, Northwestern, Northwestern which is a bye week, but. Right before their actual bye week. But, I mean, so, I mean, Illinois and Iowa is, is not an easy duo to go against. I mean, I could they drop that game at Illinois? And it's
2: in back-to-back weeks. Yeah,
0: I, I, I think both those games are potentially losable. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't think they will. But, and I guess I'll go, you want to go ahead and do the over-under? Yeah,
1: let's get into it. Over-under, nine and a half. I got I the over. I have the over? Yeah, over. Over, okay.
2: Derek? yeah I have them going 10 and two I have the over
1: okay I have ten and two as well yeah so do I. okay uh, final team is Ruggers and I tell you what every year that we do this this is what this is another reason I hate doing the East because I get stuck doing the three shittiest teams Indiana Michigan State Ruggers every single year so I'm gonna be brief about Ruggers because even though uh, Greg Schiano he's my guy I love the dude Uh you know they went four and eight last year after starting three and zero, oh, but things went downhill quick for them last year. Really, you know the good is they have an improved defense and they return turned eight starters, uh, and they're going to have a great front seven, uh, better than last year. They had a good defense last year, uh, and the bad is you know they returned Noah Vedral for his eighth year at quarterback. That's a joke. That is a joke. I see, I see <laughs> Derek looking at that. No, that's a joke. The bad is they're ruggers. That's the bad, and uh, i yeah, I'll be brief.
0: I, I, Dustin, you, you said they're good. as their defense? I don't think their defense is good. I don't. I, I don't.
1: That's their good part. I mean, I, you I don't, think their I offense is going to exceed their defense? I
0: mean, I think their the offense that. is better than defense. I, I mean. Yeah, there is no good. There is no good about this team. The, yeah. they, 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 are, they are, in my opinion, they are right there with Indiana, probably slightly worse in defense. They easily have the worst defense or offense in the Big Ten uh, period, even worse than Northwestern. I think they're just the worst offense. Their defense is not that bad, but it's probably the worst in the East or at least right there with Indiana. Like it's just this is a bad But their team.
1: defense is the best thing on their team.
0: I
2: I guess and they return eight starters on defense. I mean, you expect them to get maybe a little bit better on defense even.
0: Yeah, I I I, I don't know. They're just They I again, the we talked about this when we did the coach's hot seat. At some point in time, like shiana has got to win some games and it ain't going to be this year. It. I just don't I, I don't
1: so I, I do disagree, okay, and you're going to hear that in the over-under. Okay. So we can just jump into it right now because we Derek, have, you well, have one anything more to get
2: into. Yeah. Yeah. No, not really. Yeah.
1: All right, so the over-under is four, but the way that their schedule sets up, I have them winning five games this year. So I'm taking the over. I think there's a better chance that they go hit five wins than they get three wins. So I'm going five. Derek. I,
2: I'm going over. I went with five wins myself. Ooh, Tyler. I uh, well. I can I speak for you? Uh, I hate Greg Schiano.
1: I
0: this don't hate unknown. him. I just don't think that he's he has not done what he wants. I think they're three and nine. I think they're a three and nine team. They finished last in the East, and I he may not get fired, but I I just don't think there's anything to like about this Rutgers team.
2: Yeah,
1: there there really isn't,
0: and 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 again, I think here, there, there's here, not a ton. Here's what, but I
2: do, but I do think they're better than
0: Indiana. We're we're a very very interesting, intriguing game to start the year, and I think I brought this up in an earlier podcast. But Northwestern, in, uh, Rutgers to start the year,
1: and you brought that up before the hazing incident, though. So yeah, and I mean Rutgers has no excuse to lose that game. They
0: they now, don't, right? and they might. Is that home? No, I think they will. Is that home? Hey, they I got really, new. I... So I think that Northwestern might be a little frisky to start the year. I think they might come out of the gates. You you, you you've seen them with their shirts. <laughs> they're they're kind of showing up, a little frisky Northwestern team, like
1: frisky, like coming out of the shower type thing.
0: Are they are they wearing Shrek shirts? No Shrek, but sh- maybe I don't know. I mean, <laughs> uh, but I again. I'm just, I'm. I'm not penciling that. I'm not that. That's definitely not inking that game as a win for Rutgers. All right. All
2: right. All right. I, I have that as a win for Rutgers, but yeah, definitely.
1: All right, Tyler. Let's get into our Big Ten East standings. What are your projections?
0: Yeah. So I mean, kind of allude to this: Michigan, number one; Ohio State, two; uh, uh, Penn State, three; uh, Maryland. 4, Michigan State 5, Indy 6 and Rutgers in the caboose 7, okay
1: Derek your Big Ten East projections
2: mine are exactly the same only I have Rutgers 6 and Indiana 7
1: okay so Derek I match with you Uh, 1 Michigan, Ohio State Penn State, Maryland, Michigan State, Rutgers and Indiana and the difference between, for me at least, uh, the difference between Ruggers and Indiana is like three total games and two conference games. I have Indiana going getting blanked in the Big Ten, uh, where I have Ruggers going two and seven in the Big Ten. But the most interesting part of uh, this, for me at least, is... I have Michigan going 12 and 0, but that Ohio State Penn State. I mean I could almost see that going either either way, really. I have Ohio State going eleven and one, or I'm sorry, eight and one in the Big Ten and Penn State seven and two. But the only game that has it there is the Penn State Ohio State game. So that game could really switch it up. And Penn State could be the second uh number two because you're right, Tyler. That is a it's not an easy Loss or it's not no. a given loss. I mean, no. it's a very winnable game for Penn State.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with you, Justin. And I, I would just say the team that I'm like least certain the, about. Oh, sorry, Derek. Go ahead. Look, I, I just
2: want to talk about that Penn State Ohio State game just a little bit. The, the only reason I really, really went Penn State or Ohio State for not easily in that game, but it, it's in the shoe, and I just it's gonna be tough for Penn State to go into the shoe and win that game. I think.
0: No, that's fair. Uh, no, one hundred percent fair. Again, I, Ohio State is a team that if they end up losing a couple more games than I expect, wouldn't shock me. But but the team that is most like uh, if I'm going to be wrong, the team I expect to be most wrong on is Michigan State because I I have them eke in a bowl game at six and six. They if they ended up in the dumpster, they finish four four and eight. That that wouldn't shock me. I mean, they, they, I could see that go bad for them this year. Um, the, and I think one of the k- pivotal games that bring it back to Nebraska is they host us this year. Um, we, we remember when we played them last time. We played them there. That that was the the infamous awful punt in a return. Um, I think that's gonna be a tough game for Nebraska. I think that's certainly a game that we could lose on the road. And but that that game is a really big game and if they end up going bowling. And so, yeah, I I could see Michigan State going 4-8 and and really just having the wheels fall off this year.
2: So I I tend to agree with you. I think Michigan State was probably the toughest one to sit here and go through and go, okay, they're definitely going to lose this game or definitely going to win this game. Because I could see them... Just shitting a bed, and I could see him be going, getting back to a tough team.
0: Well, and again, it's what and Mel Tucker brought in a lot of transfers again. He, he brought in a lot of people this year, and we saw the success. and I'm not expecting a what was it 2021 when they went nine and three or ten and two, whatever that was. I think it was 2021. They went ten and two. I don't expect that, but could they get back to be in it again? If I could see, I see them being a bold team. I think they're going to get there. I don't think they're going to do much better than that even if they somehow get to 7 wins would probably be their ceiling. So, but their floor definitely drops down to that 4 or 3 range.
1: Tyler, since you think Ohio State and Penn State are really close uh in terms of winning the Big 10 East, would you bet Michigan or the field? The field. You would bet the field? I, I,
0: okay. I I I get it that Michigan is Loaded and returning but like I I think this is Penn State One of their best teams and you can't Count out Ohio State you just Can't do it I I mean It so yeah I Would take the I mean I would take the field
1: Derek what about you
2: I I Agree with everything Tyler just said but If I'm putting money on It I'm probably taking Michigan
1: I I lean the same way Uh, I think it's I thought it was a great question to ask, but uh, I think i, mean, I it came to, to bring up a I'd, lot I'd, of great points. Michigan, though,
2: i, I try to bring up a lot of great points, and I would never discount Ohio State. And to me, it's a two—it's
0: still a two-team race. Well, I... so my my question, Derek, you're you're a little bit different, so you're kind of out of this. But Justin, do you think Ohio State and Michigan are in the playoffs? Because we both had them going undefeated into the 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 game. I mean. I think so. I mean, they, they could be one, and, and that wouldn't that wouldn't shock me. They I, they could be one, two heading into that game, both eleven and zero. The way I see it playing. and so um, Ohio State's getting a victory against Notre Dame, who I think yes. will be a top twelve team. Big, They're going to have that game. I think Penn State being ten and two is a huge win. I I, I already put my notebook down, so I don't remember what Ohio State's cross divisional games are, but. Um, you guys got that handy?
1: Yeah, it's uh, Purdue, Wisconsin, and
0: Minnesota. So, I mean, the Wisconsin in particular could be a pretty good win for them um, out of the West. So, yeah, I mean, I think they're gonna they can have a few pretty nice victories on that schedule, and um, yeah.
2: Well, we'll get into that next week. I don't know that Wisconsin will look like that good of a win, but
0: oh, oh, next Uh-oh. week's gonna be fun. There's I, a teaser. I, I I think we're going to have some good debate next week. I think it's not going to be as much chalk uh, as the East was.
1: No, it'll be a a better conversation for sure. Uh, All right, guys, anything else? All right, let's get out of here. Hey, special thanks to our producer, Connor Russell, for putting this audio together for us. Be sure to follow the Husker Coscast on Twitter or X, whatever you want to call it at Husker CuzCast. Like us on Facebook. Look for episodes anywhere you get your podcasts. Hit that subscribe button and don't forget to rate and review. On behalf of Derek and Tanner, we want to thank everybody for listening as always. Go Big Red.